Prayer is a chat to God. If you have a fellowship with God, that is all you will ever need in your life. If you understand what prayer is, you will love to pray. A lot of people don't pray because they feel it's burdensome. Some don't pray because they don't really understand what prayer is. Some don't pray because they don't understand the benefits of prayers. Some don't because they don't even know what or how to pray. Last week, we did mention how the disciples of Jesus came to him and asked him, Master, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray. I mentioned that those were Jews asking to be taught to pray, even though culturally the Jews prayed every day, which means there was something they wanted to know about prayers. Jesus was not religious, so to say, about his prayers. Most other Jews would go to the temple to go and pray in the hour of prayers. But this was not the lifestyle of Jesus. Apart from going to the temple to pray in the hour of prayer, which he likely uh, would do because he, he did give, give us an incidence of two guys who came to the temple to pray. And he made uh, an analysis of the prayers they made, which suggests that Jesus was familiar with going to the temple to pray in the hour of prayers. But his disciples observed that going to the temple to go and pray in the hour of prayer was nothing in volume compared to the prayers Jesus prayed. That praying in the temple was like insignificant amount of the prayers Jesus prayed. They observed Jesus would pray often, often, sometimes all through the night. Sometimes for extended hours. Why was he so familiar with prayers? Why would he pray so often? They also must have observed that Jesus' life was full of the miraculous. He never lacked anything. His life was full of safety. He was, everything was working well for him. If you put your mind again at what I have just said about Jesus, and his prayers or his prayer life, you will easily understand that a person who prays, his life moves forward in a positive direction. A person who prays is in a constant relationship with God. Genesis chapter number three. Now, this was a situation or a period in time 
when Adam and Eve, the first men and women on earth, had just eaten of the fruit of the tree God had commanded them not to eat of. After they ate of that fruit, their eyes were opened. I'll, I'll read verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. Now let's look at verse 8. This is where I'm coming to. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Eat. Now, let's take a pause. How could they recognize that it was God that was coming around the corner in the cool of the day? Because this was a regular occurrence. This was something that, that was happening often. They were not guessing. They knew that was God coming. They were not guessing. They were very familiar with it. How, what makes them familiar with it? It was because it was an off, it was a regular occurrence. God would regularly come into the garden for to do what? To have a chart. And what is prayer? Prayer is a chart to God. So the life they were living was a life of regular communion with God. They regularly chatted with God. God would come into, their, into the garden and they would chat. That's exactly what prayer is about. In this particular event, they still chatted. Adam was running away, but God needed to discuss something with him. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. Yeah, I heard you were coming. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You see, the, 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 what he was talking about was some negativity that he has brought himself into. He understood that that was not the kind of discussions that, we have, that was happening before. He understood that when God comes, they're they coming to talk, to, to, to chat, to laugh, and to play. But now I've done what I ought not to have done. I can't stand his presence. And so he was running away. Brothers and sisters, I want you to understand something. Firstly, 
Look at the tone in which God spoke to Adam and Eve, his wife. In verse 11, he said, And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? There was, you see, there's no range in his voice. Now, don't think I'm acting it. You can read it yourself. God knew when they were eating it. He could see it. He knew what has happened. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. A lot of people stay away from God, stay away from praying because they feel they're not worthy to talk to God. They feel they're too far away from God. They feel they've been away from God. They don't even, <laughs> what am I going to say? What am I going to say? That they, if, if you have that mindset, you are getting it wrong. God knew these guys have eaten of the fruit that they were not supposed to have eaten of, yet he still came into the garden. There was so much other place God could be. The heaven is his, is his throne, he could stay. But he still came into the garden looking for them. They have eaten of the fruit of which they were not supposed to have eaten, but yet God came. They heard his voice and they fled. A lot of people are living a life of fleeing away from God because they think they're not qualified. They, they, they can't stand before God. Or, no, I, I just can't wait him. God still came into the garden and he could recognize his voice. I want you to understand something. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you are at, what you have done or haven't. Listen, God is interested in having a fellowship with you. When God asked them that question, God knew what had happened. Like one of the things I've explained previously in, in a previous class, God asked them that question to give them an opportunity to fix the error. Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me, the, gave me of the tree and I did eat. It's not my fault. It's this woman who you gave to me. In other words, I think it's even your fault. You gave me this woman. That's where the whole problem started. I was, a, I was good alone by myself. I didn't ask for a woman. Yeah, you've given me this woman. Some people live a life of complaining against God. God, you are responsible for all these troubles. This, this wife that I've married is my problem. This husband that I've married is my problem. Look at the children you gave to me. What kind of a job is this? You know, they complain against God and that doesn't help their situation. Doesn't help anyone's situation. Adam was complaining against God. But God came so that the situation can be fixed. 
And the Lord said unto verse 13, and the Lord said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent begot me, and I did eat. But you are supposed to be wiser than the serpent. How are you complaining against the serpent? You know, it was God, you put the serpent in this garden. You deceived me, and I did eat. So I'm not at fault. Now, if you read down, we've gone through this in another class. If you read down, you will see what God said to them. In his penalties, in his judgment, God declared the deliverance and the ascendancy of man. In other words, even if you have fallen into error, even though you've, you are in error, you, you've missed it. Listen. God is not against you. God is not going to condemn you. He's not going to destroy you. No, God is seeking out for every way to help you. That's the more reason you should come back. Don't flee from God. Desire to meet with God. Desire to have that fellowship. Look at the fellowship God first. Adam was still hiding in the bush, but God was still talking. And if you read in verse 22, God said, we need to help man out of this. We have, we have given out a way that man is going to be redeemed. And I've explained that previously. How God, when God was speaking to serpent, he said, the seed of the woman will bruise your head. Talking about Jesus being born of a virgin. So God was prophesying ahead the redemption of man. When Jesus comes, he will bruise Satan and bruise the kingdom of darkness. Or when Christ comes in the form of a man, he's going to bruise the kingdom of darkness and break the power of darkness away from man. And man becomes free again. Because when man obeyed Satan and ate of the fruit that he was not supposed to eat of, he became subject to Satan. So God declared in that verse that man in Christ was going to bruise Satan and bruise the kingdom of darkness and regain his freedom again. And to ensure that that happened, God had to put man out of the garden of Eden so that the process of redemption can be executed. Listen, my brothers and sisters, there is no better place to be than to be in fellowship, in communion with God. If you missed it at any point, don't run away. It could be feast. There's a man that I cannot stop to talk about. His name is David, the king of Israel. Twice was David's own sons in a coup against David. And they were being supported by the palace chiefs to overthrow David. Obviously because as far as they were concerned, David was not fit to be king anymore. But when David offended against God, what would he do? 
when he became conscious of his error, now that didn't mean he, he didn't know when he was committing the error. But when it dawned on him how far off he was off the line, David cried, oh God, oh God, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Now, I want you to understand the prayer David prayed. The way you easily understand the prayer David prayed, which we will come to subsequently God grants. The, the way you will understand the prayer David prayed was when you compare his prayers to the utterances of the, his predecessor, the king that was there before him, King Saul. When Saul offended against God, Saul was not concerned about maintaining his fellowship with God. He was only concerned about maintaining his pride before the elders of Israel. He said to Samuel the prophet, the elders are here. You gotta keep my respect. Please respect me before the elders of Israel. That was his concern. But when David heard, he cried, God, you could take everything from me. I don't care. You could even take the throne. It's okay, but just keep my fellowship with you. Don't take your spirit from me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. That was what David was concerned about. Because David the king understood the beauty of the fellowship with God. That was the best thing that could ever happen to any man's life. Brothers and sisters, I want you to think through this. Imagine you being able to have God come into your room every day, maybe every evening and have a chat with you. Is there anything that could be more than that? That is what we are talking about. Having a fellowship, a very regular and a constant fellowship with God. And it is such a fellowship where you could even talk to him virtually anywhere, anytime. In the train, you are talking to him. He's talking to you. In times of trouble, danger, you could eat quickly, easily talk to him and he talks back to you. You come into a state in life where nothing really troubles you, nothing worries you. All the concerns of life, they are taken over by him. That is what you want. That is what you want. Listen, the love of God, God is love. That's what the Bible declares. The Bible also declares that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If you have a fellowship with God, that is all you will ever need in your life. 
Brothers and sisters, this is not far-fetched. It is just right at the door. God is waiting for you to make up your mind to enjoy fellowship with him. You are to God more than anything or anyone else on the face of the earth. You are that important to God. <clears throat> like you may have heard me say in church, God's value for you as an individual is as though there is no other human person in the entire world. That's the way God values one person. He values you as an individual as though he has no other person. No other person is as important to him as you are. That's the way God values each and every one. He values you as an individual that way. You are all important to God. And if you understand that, it simply also means that right now as we speak, you are all that matters to God. God wants to hear you. He wants to hear you talk to him. He wants to hear you talk to him. You may not have prayed for the past five years of your life. You may not have even prayed ever once in your life, but God wants you to talk to him. Look at again in Genesis chapter three, when Adam fled from the presence of God, so to say, it was God who called out to Adam and said, Adam, where are you? God is reaching out to you today as you hear me speak. God wants to talk with you. Where are you at? God wants you to talk about it. He wants a fellowship with you. And he wants to maintain a constant fellowship with you. Where do you start from? Start from where you are. How? Say something to God. He's always present. He's ever present. In the room where you are now, God is present. Trust me, as far as you are concerned, you are all that matters to God right now. I'm going to give you, everyone, an opportunity to pray this evening. But if you are hearing me right now, and you are not a child of God, or you have not given your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can do that today. You can become a child of God today. And I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer that makes you become a child of God. When you say that this prayer, as simple as it is, God hears you. That's the first and most important prayer you could ever make. And you become a child of God. If you want to say this prayer after me, you could go ahead and say it wherever you might be. Say, God in heaven, I believe 
that you so love me and care about me more than anyone else could. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe also you raised him from the dead. Today he's alive. And I ask him to become the Lord of my life. I will live my life for you, O oh God. I ask Jesus to live in me and guide me all the rest of my life. Thank you, O oh God, for making me your child. I'm born again today in Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, if you said that prayer after me, congratulations. You are now a child of God. You have every access to God. Interestingly, the same kind of access that Jesus has to God. It might look too wonderful to be true, but that's the truth. You are as dear to God as Jesus is. Whatever you desire, you can ask God now. You can talk to God as a child talks to his father. God wants to hear you talk to him and he will talk back to you. From today, I encourage you, whether you've been praying before or you just got born again, I want to encourage you to pray every day. How do we pray? You talk to God because he's ever present. He hears you whether you see him or not. He's hearing you. Talk to him. He's a spirit. He created you so he knows you every moment of the day. As you speak to him, trust me, God is hearing every single word that you say. You don't have to be specially trained for prayers. You don't have to know certain words to use in prayer. Just talk to him like a child would talk to his father. Oh God, I thank you because I know you're hearing me. And then you express to him your love for him. Another day, which I might do in our next meeting, I'm going to explain the pattern of prayers that Jesus gave to his disciples when they asked him teach us to pray. But there's no prayer that is too simple that God will not hear you. If you will ask him about the things you want to talk to him about, God is most glad to hear you and to respond. In Mark chapter 11, verse 23 to 24, which we read on Sunday, Jesus answering his disciples said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said 
verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Jesus also said in Matthew chapter seven, verse seven, ask and you will get all things wherever you desire. All you need is to talk to God about it. Are there some issues that bother you? God wants you to say it with your mouth. He wants you to pray. When you talk to him about it, he will handle it for you. Now, I want to again particularly mention that prayer is not even so much about asking, it's about the fellowship. It's the most beautiful thing you could ever experience in life to pray. So many times in my life, as always, I just enjoy the presence of God. I enjoy talking to God. And you can grow in that. You can, you can have that fellowship. The same kind of fellowship Jesus has with God is available to you. Practice doing that every now and then. It will be the best experience of your life. <laughs>